We certainly weren't training to be doctors or yeah. trainers or anything like that. You but go, I've had enough surgeries. No, <laughs> yeah, enough. Exactly. My insurance has covered it, yeah. so I don't care yeah. anymore. But. No question. Park with General Manager Peter Marlett. Tell us a little bit about why this particular position appealed to you and we're connecting it to Omaha. You had no experience here. But be honest, what did you think when this opportunity came about? And if you can share, how did it come about? Yeah, so I, I played every sport my whole life. Was a three-sport athlete in high school, thought I was going to be a two-sport athlete in college. And then after the soccer season, realized that lacrosse season was just not going to be possible for me. Though I played everything, soccer was always it for me. It was in my free time, walking around my house growing up, I was dribbling a ball. It was everything. I was waking up back when it was on before Fox Soccer Channel, I think, when the English Premier League games were just coming over waking up and watching those used to be really unique to watch that i felt cool watching premier league even bundesliga now it's everyone exactly which which is great it's how much the game has evolved and developed in this country but yeah no we were back watching it a very long time ago when it was much more niche but yeah soccer's just been that constant throughout my life played in college all american yes yeah i was a just play you were really good yeah no i was a decent player and i got to play professionally for a couple years, really one full season. Otherwise, I was injured. And that was in Australia. That was in Canberra, Australia. Had a actually very successful year there as a player, but I was about 23 years old. And I saw what my level as a player was. And it was not going to be making the men's national team. It was not going to be what I had perhaps when I was a kid envisioned it being. Is that something that a coach tells you or is that a realization you have as an athlete that this is my plateau essentially for me it was probably a personal realization and I think as a player I it wasn't necessarily my plateau there but I didn't necessarily want to live the life that was ahead which was going to be probably a different country every year to short-term contracts constantly and making enough to live, but not enough to save. And that just wasn't really the life. That was the life that my playing ability was going to allow. And it wasn't really the life that I wanted to live. But that passion, that love is the word Yeah, for soccer didn't go away. And did you have an agent? How does one even, how do you get to Australia even? Yeah. So, so I did have an agent, but he was fairly ineffective at that point. No, there ended up being a connection to my college from a coach in Australia and he was able to get some video and see me at a combine and next thing yeah and the australia exactly and the offer came so of course i was 22 23 years old a year or two out of college it was the dream yeah yeah that's awesome so went and did that as i said came to the realization that my ability in the game probably wasn't going to provide the life that i envisioned for myself but just had to be in soccer so i pivoted i decided instead of trying to keep fighting to make it as a pro and probably be scraping by doing that. Let's redirect all of that energy to 
advancing my career and hopefully one day running a professional team. That was basically when I stopped playing, which was in 2012, so 11 years ago now. It was, okay, what is the path that is going to get me to running a professional club? Moved home, worked for an agency in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm from, for about five years where it was pure business development. It was We represented Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour, among other brands, but those were our marquee brands. And I brokered sponsorship contracts between them and pro teams of this level, USL level. That's our favorite level. <laughs> exactly. College athletic departments. And then we also worked with some NFL, NBA, and NHL teams that I got to work on as well. Did that for five years. It was great. Did you um, ever have any times where you thought, I got to get back on the field and play? Or was it, were you satisfied? Or is that always going to be part of your life yeah, thinking I could get out there again? I kept playing, but the mistake that I made was when I stopped playing professionally, I stopped playing. It, I went from seven days a week of training to an hour a week. Yeah. And my body felt that pretty quickly. I've had other professional athletes I've worked at in very high levels say that it's the training, it's not the game, it's not even the physical contact, it's the 5, 6 a.m. and the it, diet and it, the routine. It, exactly, it. exactly. Once, if you've dedicated your life and your time yeah. to getting yourself in that type of shape, I made the mistake of basically stopping cold yeah. and my body, well, I didn't get it back. Well, you got schmooze people yeah. and wine yeah, and dine, you know, I'm sure. I probably still should have played a couple days a week yeah. just because I still enjoy it and certainly at that point did, but I just didn't have it in me. And in the following year or two of playing pretty high level men's league soccer, but just amateur stuff, but with a lot of ex-pros and with a lot of current college players, Tore my hamstring, tore my Achilles, um, broke an ankle, broke my ankle twice. You know, just, I could no longer move the way that I was trying to. So yeah, I, I still love it. I still, with the guys here, we'll go play tech ball, which is a little skill game here. I still play, but I just... I can't really do it the way that I want to anymore. And five years of the brand relationships and you realized you had a talent for this and enjoyment of it. Definitely. Yeah. No, I loved that. That was a really good job. And frankly, I was getting compensated very well, especially for somebody (laughs) at that age. Yeah. As I said, I wanted to run a professional soccer club. And I love that. This wasn't the way to do it. It was a great living. It was a great job, but it wasn't the way to do that. Yeah. I pivoted very hard. I I went to Lausanne, Switzerland to get my master's degree in sports management. And this was a very prestigious program. People may not be familiar. I read a little, but tell us about even getting into that. Yeah. So the program is called AISTS, which is a, it's a acronym that makes sense in French, but not so much in English. (laughs) So so it's the English translation is Academy of Sports Technology and Management or something. It doesn't quite work. But AISTS is the name of the program. And it was, yeah, as you said, it was the, it was and still is the number one ranked program in the world by most. There's there's different rankings out there, but if it's not number one, it's, it's the re, It's the Real Madrid of there you that go. world. Yeah, exactly. It's always up there. And it's a program that was set up by the International Olympic Committee, which is based in Lausanne. Oh, interesting. And in collaboration with EPFL, the university. And 
basically the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, just saw this need for younger, higher educated, higher trained people who want to work in sport because they were struggling to find those people. So they created this master's program in collaboration with the universities. And I applied to a few others. I got into other good programs, but my wife and I, uh, basically when we submitted the applications said, no matter what happens, if we get into this one, we're moving to Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. So that happened. It was an amazing experience. I got to go to FIFA, go to UEFA, go to the IOC, get guest lecturers who were high up at all of those organizations, and then major clubs and major agencies. It was unbelievable. Was, and even having the awareness of the program, was that something a mentor or buzz about your circles or just the internet? Or was that so well known to someone who had that interest that it was just obvious, like yeah, the Harvard I, of the game? Sure. You know? Yeah. I think it is so well known to a very specific <laughs> yeah, person, right. yeah. basically. Interesting. Yeah. So it's certainly not, it's not a globally known brand name. How many Americans? Are, are, I was the only American wow. at that point. My, they call it batch, and you go That's through so it. That's so European. Yeah, <laughs> you go through it together with your batch, and you take every class on the exact same schedule. My batch was just shy of 30 people. I was the only American. There were American citizens. There were two other American citizens, but I was the only one who grew up in the U.S. And did they look, not maybe down, but did they think it was funny or, yeah, you know, it's there? It is such, we have such a different mindset about, around sport than they do. Yeah. It was. Not me. I'm a hooligan with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, but. good. But no, they viewed me in a lot of ways as cynic at times, really? capitalist at times. Oh. Just because if you look at the professional American sport landscape, it is... These are businesses. Yeah. And while they're also businesses in Europe, it's different. Yeah. It, it's different. A so, little more maybe like our college sports, uh, perhaps, exactly. where there's such a connection that goes back to 18 or, it, or 01 or whatever. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I think I found and I hope I was batch class representative. Okay. How many people in a batch? So roughly 30. And okay. then the two representatives are elected about a month in every year. And their job is to, there's a scientific committee, which is basically the heads of the universities and running the program who set the curriculum, do all of that. And the representatives are just what the name suggests, the representatives to that committee. The other person was a good friend of mine who's a Canadian who grew up in Toronto, which is very close to where I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So we had a lot in common. So I think the American perspective in a very Eurocentric program was pretty valued, honestly, because, listen, you can say what you want about American professional sports, and I may agree with a lot of it, but they know how to make money yeah, and they know how to market. They know how to sell tickets. They know how to sell TV rights, sponsorships. They've monetized this. We have monetized this really well. And that is... So they were looking at you a bit exotic but, and probably didn't want to admit it, but not jealous, but wanted to learn maybe what it, it was all about. Yeah, it's and just, it's a different perspective. And yeah. what did you learn from them? Oh, so much. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, the program is set up very interestingly. There are five different modules, they're called, and those are basically courses. And one of them was medicine. Really? <laughs> which, yeah, which 
I don't know that it applies to my day-to-day, but no, the things that I learned have been invaluable. What about mental, not wellness, but mental psychological aspects of yeah. the game? Yeah, that no, that, that was very much a part of what we did. We would have on-site training at different clubs around around Lausanne, but also around Europe. Yeah, we the guest speakers are the guest lecturers, the guest speakers and the visits you get to do and just the people you get to engage with and their experience level is the reason to go to this program. And Uh, for our listeners, FIFA, if you're not into soccer, that's the World Cup. That's the prominent body of international, the most popular sport on earth. They are the most prominent organization of it. So you couldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. They are the top of that pyramid. So, yeah, no, the learning was unbelievable. The experiences were unbelievable. But the connections that I was able sure. to make there were probably the most valuable. And on, I'm still on the alumni committee there. I yeah. still, I really value that opportunity that I got. And it led immediately, speaking of connections, so FISU is the World University Sport Federation. They're also based in Lausanne. I don't know the exact stat, but let's call it 90%, it, a huge percentage of international sport federations are based in switzerland and huh. lausanne specifically neutrality of it or it's neutrality it's it's also probably because the ioc set up in yeah, lausanne so everybody else there. flocked and peter marlette very much appreciate it thank you 